Hey everyone, welcome back to Leadership Matters. I want to just say thanks for listening. This is Phil Shields, and as always, I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Kelly Thomas. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Phil. Hey, everybody. It's so good to be back. We've had a little break here in the action. Absolutely. We've had, we've been on a break for a little while with a lot happening in our ministry areas uh, that we lead, but also in our lives. And I have to say, I am excited to be back with the podcast and recording today. Um, We're going to get into our subject matter here soon. Kelly, how have you been as, uh, as we have had the seasons changing here? Are you excited? Oh my gosh. Seeing the sun on a more regular basis is helping my soul. I'm loving it. How about you? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Just to have uh, the warmth and not see snow on my back patio is so good um, for for me right now. So I know what spring is coming. Oops, sorry, but I have to tell you and everybody else listening, at one point, the snow was so deep on my back patio, I had to walk out there for something, I can't remember what it was, and the snow came up to me mid-thigh, mid-thigh, <laughs> it was like so hard to walk through, I never want to do that again. So that might come up to my shin. That, uh, that's I mean, probably true. Yeah, a little different between us, so. Yeah, 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 for those of us who don't know us, you are a giant and I am not. (laughs) Anyway. Well, Kelly, we have a fun, um, a fun podcast today as we're jumping back in. You and I have been talking about a lot of different um, subject matter to come um, in future uh, podcasts, but also just looking today, um, really wanting to think about our Um, future for the church, for the community that we serve. And, um, and really, our desire today is to help people to take one step forward, take another step forward. And so we're going to be talking about really the development of leadership, um, and apprenticing, and all of that. Um, And so we ended up doing a survey just a little while ago, and we surveyed a bunch of our leaders. And so if you filled that survey out, thank you. If you didn't, well, we know who you are. And, uh, and so hopefully another time you will fill one of those out first, but here's, here's what we did. And we want to run through this here real quick. Uh, the first question we asked is how willing are you to apprentice someone to be a future leader? Kel, what did you think whenever you got the answers on some of this? I was incredibly encouraged. First of all, I join you in thanking the people for taking a few minutes to fill out the survey. You, you may not know, or maybe you do know how much it helps us think through what, what we have to share with you, but wow, almost 50 people responded, which makes it a very nice sampling. But as you and I both know, um, 30 people indicated that they were somewhere in the end of the spectrum where they were either willing or very willing to be an apprentice. And I have to say that that was surprising to me. And if we're mm-hmm. being honest with everybody, that ended up changing our direction of how, what we were going to do with this podcast. Um, yeah. And we also had about 
uh, eight people who were kind of neutral. I could, I couldn't, I'm just not really sure where I'm at. And then another eight people who were saying not so much right now or ever, um, depending on circumstances in life and whatever. And that's reality, you know, circumstances come and go. And um, what I love about this, Phil, is that the people who feel pressured when we bring this subject up, I can now say, it's okay. You don't have to feel any pressure because I don't want to pressure you. What I want to be able to do is help that those 30 who are willing or very willing move from the willingness to starting to take action if they aren't already. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. and speaking some truth into the lives of the people who feel like now's not the time. Yeah. I mean, when we were looking at this, I think both of us were going, yeah, I get where everybody is at mm -hmm. and, uh, and understand some of these answers, but also super encouraged of, of where, um, where we're going as a church, as church leaders, um, mm -hmm. and what's happening there. Right. Um, we also asked this question, what are your biggest challenges, obstacles, fears, or concerns about inviting someone to apprentice or apprenticing in general? And that brought some really interesting, interesting answers. Um, what was some of the things that jumped out to you, Kel, of just thinking through um, how people answered that? The things that jumped out to me were um, the fact that very few things were a surprise. You know, they're very common to all of us. I, again, have said it a bunch of times. I don't know anybody who is super bored right now. Um, you know, and time has been an issue. Life circumstances has been an issue. Um, the other thing that I felt like floated to the surface for a lot of people was this idea of finding the right person. Um, you know, like who would the right person be? And I thought, well, if that ends up being a real big hurdle, the, the eye-opening thing about that is that's like the first step. You know, when you open up the leadership pipeline handbook, it literally is the first step called observe and identify, you know? And if yeah. you get hung up at step one, you can't take it any farther. So, yeah. well, how about you? you know, one of the things that, yeah, one of the things that jumped out to me was this um, thought that um, just hearing uh, leaders share that they had this fear or an obstacle of um, the word is rejection. And, um, and I get that. And yet I'm also looking at it and feeling like, um, you know, those are some of the things as we continue to move down the path of, of leadership here at Wheaton Bible Church, that um, we want to, to realize that that is a work of the evil one to put that fear into our mind. And I uh, just want to encourage you leaders that are kind of fearing that right now to put that on your prayer list and be praying against that, because uh, that is the one thing that the evil one will want to 
um, kind of put in our way so that we don't make more disciples and, uh, and we can't, um, we can't sit in that fear. And so that was something that stood out to me. I, I will tell you when we looked at the, we asked this third question, which ministry are you currently leading? Just want to thank all the leaders from so many different ministries that, um, that really filled this out, put some thought into it. And it was really neat to see how the different ministries were represented in some of the answers. And so it was really, uh, really cool to kind of take a look at some of that. Well, because of this, uh, survey we did, we started jumping into what is it that we're going to be looking at, um, and discussing. And so I'm pumped that we have our first guest on the podcast. So, uh, that's right. So Kelly, why don't you introduce our guest here? It is really my, my privilege and an honor that Leslie Chaw is with us. She's involved in several areas of ministry in the church and the life of our church, making impacts all over. She was just talking to us about her life group, but she is a small group leader in Place for You in Women's Ministry, and her story is that she has both experienced being invited to be an apprentice, become a leader, and now her group has an apprentice, and uh, Leslie, welcome. Thank you so much. So glad to be here with you guys. This is a great topic. Yeah. Yeah, you make it look easy. So what I want you to do is show us behind the scenes the truth of it, because I feel like if people could see what you see, it would be very encouraging. Yeah. I, so about three years ago, my leader approached me and asked me if I'd be interested in being an apprentice. But before she did that, she got to know me, invested time in you know, asking about my husband, my family. Um, so we became friends, too within our Bible study group. And she would observe me, observe the types of questions I'd ask. She got to know what my life was like. And she approached me, um, shared with me how she um, was impressed by my professionalism at work, but then also my eagerness to serve. Um, we had also done that um, spiritual gifts test together as a small group. And my first spiritual gift was faith and second was evangelism. So she saw in me that that gifting and desire to to help others grow closer to the Lord. Um, and so she felt like I would be a good candidate to be an apprentice. And it took very little time for her to approach me and have this conversation. We literally had the conversation one night at the end of Bible study. She walked with me to my car and it just took the length of that walk from my room in the church to my car. Um, and then we followed the pipeline process then going forward where I would observe her, ask questions. And then she, um, over time, gave me an opportunity to lead a Bible study myself. She would observe me. And every night uh, after I would lead, she would stop and give me immediate feedback um, and have a conversation with me walking in my car. Also would send emails and texts. So really it's, it's similar to any communication you would have with a friend. You know, you could text throughout the day or throughout the week, just keep in touch with them. Um, it was really a natural, uh, natural relationship. And we are really much closer friends over time now that I'm a leader and she's a coach to me. That's, I have so many things that I would ask you about, but the fact that you just brought up that she is also a coach. Um, I think now that you are a leader, do you have anything to add about how a coach is involved in the life of a leader um, oh, yeah. in that process? Well, 
I may be spoiled. I think I have the best coach out there. Um, she sends me cards and letters and words of affirmation all the time and just really is so affirming to me and, and energizes me in the work that um, God's placed before me in this service. But I would say that um, anytime I observe someone who I think might be a good apprentice, I go to her and I'll talk with her and say, you know, I'm observing this. What do you think? And so I'm never feeling like I need to make decisions on my own. I'm never feeling like I need to approach anyone all by myself. I have her to support, to care for me. Um, sometimes she'll help me if I'm getting over-involved and I, and I need to create boundaries in a particular relationship. She helps me with that as well. Mm -hmm. um, and just the amount of wisdom and knowledge she has is, is very beneficial. It, I think it would be harder to be a leader without having a coach. Yeah, I love that. I love that you're talking about just those, um, I like to call them like overlapping experiences, mm -hmm. like the fact that you had to walk from your room to your car mm -hmm. every time, um, and then fitting in your conversations and invitations in time that was already going to be spent together mm -hmm. makes it seem a little more doable and actionable. Um, so thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't feel like it it took a lot out of extra work. And if anything, I felt like I was being developed. I was gaining skills. I mean, it was a gift, really a free gift to me to be able to develop these skills in this way and have someone willing to invest time in me. Yeah. Phil, do Leslie, you have anything? You, I feel like yeah. we're doing well. <laughs> yeah, Leslie, do you feel like um, the time frame that you spent, um, that your coach spends with you, is that like a large amount of time or is it very intentional? Um, no, short amount? It, it's pretty much as needed. So we have a regular cadence where we check in and do have a formal time where we meet with coaches. Um, but then it's more as needed. Um, if I have questions, she's just, I just know she's always available for me if I, if I need her. Um, yeah. Great. I think that's so, really important. Yeah. Also, can I just add this? There was something on the um, survey that somebody had written in that I was like, thank you, thank you. So someone had written the scripture from 2 Timothy 1 verses 6 to 8. And I thought this to me is the vision and purpose, at least one of them, of why we want to help people do this. And scripture says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. This this idea of fanning into flame something that is already there, the gift of God. And for one of our leaders to say they felt like if they are going to develop another leader, that's how they, one of the ways that they would do that. And that's what I'm hearing you say, Leslie, you felt mm -hmm. developed. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Leslie, did you, uh, would you say that um, you felt like, well, maybe I should ask it this way. Did you ever consider being a leader before that conversation? Um, I 
did, but I was hesitant because I had this in, idea in my head that I needed to be a Wheaton College graduate or some biblical scholar. And I, I felt insecure about my knowledge of scripture. I felt like I didn't know enough, even though I'd been in Bible studies for 20 some years, I just still felt like I wasn't knowledgeable about the Bible enough to be a Bible study leader. That was a hesitancy for me. Um, but I was able to get past that hurdle once I realized being a leader, it's not about, it's not so much about your knowledge. It's about loving the people in your group, pointing them to God, you know, pointing them to the scripture. You don't have to have all the answers, right? You can mm -hmm. always follow up on questions that you don't have the answer to. Um, and it's more just about making yourself available, just being a vessel for God to use because the need is there. And I want, I want to be a part of this adventure, you know, this adventure of being able to be used by God. Um, and it's it, the rewards far outweigh the investment. So you're saying something really interesting there that um, the way that you are describing leadership is not through hierarchy. It's actually through having the heart for those that are in your sphere of influence. Yes, um, it's and more that's about a the relationship. Thing. It's more, in fact, I think, of course, everyone in our group loves learning about scripture and getting closer to the Lord, but it's the way God works through us in our relationships that I think um, is, is the greatest impact, his love in us and through us. And it's really powerful to see all the prayer requests and answers to prayer, um, the way we've carried each other's burdens um, and brought us a lot closer to, to each other and to the Lord at the same time. That's so cool. Um, let me, let me ask you this too, when, okay. So I love that, um, you are here talking to two people that aren't necessarily Bible scholars. Okay. We aren't, um, no. we might, uh, work at the church, but we have to spend a lot of time studying God's word still and, and looking at that. Um, how have you seen God use you as a leader, even though you're not a Bible scholar in the life of uh, the people that you lead? Use me as a leader, you mean outside of church or? Yeah, or in your group. I mean, mm -hmm. when you didn't maybe have Bible knowledge for a specific answer, like how did you handle that? Oh, well... So at work, I manage people. So I could say that I have learned some leadership skills professionally through work. And I do see yeah. that translate somewhat in this role. So for example, I think I've, I've learned through work that it's important to pay attention to the people who are more introverted and maybe don't speak up as much and provide opportunities for them to speak. Um, I'm always cognizant of the time, try to make sure we, we end on time and have plenty of time for prayer time. Um, so there are definitely some skills there that I think I learned through work that definitely are helpful here because um, if, if we, for example, if you run late and it's 10 minutes over every time, people might get frustrated by that. So there, there are certain aspects that um, I think do require leadership skills. Uh, and then being very observant and intuitive about someone who maybe just by their body language, you can tell some things um, off and then following up with them later, you know? Mm -hmm and being sensitive to something might be wrong with somebody. Cause I do feel a sense of responsibility to observe that and make sure if someone needs help with something that I'm, I'm listening and I'm asking them questions and I'm, I'm here to help. They know I'm here for them. Right. That's so good. Yeah. 
I do think that there are some people, especially because I'm in women's ministry, there might be some women who have been out of the workforce for time, raising children or whatever it is they're doing. And I think maybe even hearing the benefits that you're bringing, they might feel like, oh, I don't have that. But I would love to encourage everybody, whether their job is um, maybe not the same as they're not managers, they don't have the benefits of you, what you have, but they can still, we can all still be learning those things and um, encouraging each other in those ways. Um, And those are just, those are skills to be developed. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's also something that showed up on the survey, guys, is people felt like um, some of the biggest challenges was maybe um, pigeonholing people a little bit in their own minds. They are looking for a particular personality to be a leader, very outgoing, very extrovert. So therefore, they're not even thinking introverts could be leaders, but some of the best leaders I know are introverts, um, thinking that we either they or somebody that they would identify has to have this huge, vast biblical knowledge. I love the fact that we keep saying biblical scholars. I think we would all agree that we don't have to be a biblical scholar, but then to be able to look at, well, what is it that I'm picturing in my head that that's the appropriate amount of biblical knowledge And then like the rest of us, there's still more to be learned. You know, you got to be open to some of that. Don't you think? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So good. So good. Yeah. Let me, let me ask this question um, because I'm not involved in, in women's ministry in this area. I want to ask what um, was it just that conversation that your coach uh, had with you that, Uh, made you make that jump to leadership or were there some things happening in the background? It was that conversation, but also at the same time, I remember Kelly, you had shared, um, you had talked with the women in place for you about um, the need for more leaders. And there was something you had said that just clicked in my head that made me realize, you know, the need is there and I shouldn't be waiting to be better, you know, for God to use me. He can use me now, you know, I'm imperfect, but he can still use me. So it, it's almost like you, um, what you had said had given me permission to put myself out there. Whereas before, for, for some reason, I thought I, I wasn't ready yet. I had to learn something else before I would be ready. Um, and it, it just sort of helped me have that courage to just take the step forward, knowing, you know what, this, this isn't going to be perfect, but I'm going to learn. It's a process mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm willing and I want God to use me. Well, I'm encouraged, but clearly there was somebody more powerful or more knowing than me <laughs> speaking to your heart at that point. So then Leslie, did you, um, now that you are the leader, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Have you taken the next step and are you, do you now have an apprentice? So I have reached out to two different people. I do have one person who's, who's one person, um, that there's the timing isn't right yet. You know, we talked about how sometimes, 
Um, there could be a season that someone's going through and that this is something they're interested in doing, but maybe once they get past a particular season, you know, then they can move forward. Um, and, but the, one of the roadblocks I have right now is the Zoom meetings. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of hard to have someone observe you and have them walk alongside you. Mm. Um, so I'm hopeful we can be meeting in person pretty soon. And once we do that, we can, I can have more one-on-one -on -one time um, with this person as, as she is interested in being my apprentice. Mm -hmm. Wow, that is that is awesome just to hear. So I'm going to ask the why question now of Leslie, why did you then accept this? And why are you taking that next step to pursue an apprentice? Why are you doing that? Uh, because I've, I've been there. I've been developed in that role. And just like at work, I, I love developing people in their careers. I like helping them pursue their passions and, and understand what their talents are and apply them. I see that God uses those gifts in people. And I, um, I look at people who could be a potential apprentice and I see myself, you know, I see what I was like. It's like there was that potential that just wasn't being tapped into and they just need someone to encourage them. They just need someone to remind them of the gifts they have that maybe they don't even realize they have. Mm -hmm. you know, we, all, we all need someone to point those out to us. Sometimes we don't realize that we have these gifts and yeah. I think they're, the willingness is often there. They just need someone to help help them along a little bit and encourage them. Right. So also, I keep referring back to the survey, but our own leaders are the ones who have already um, supplied this information. And they're the ones who will be listening to this. But there was one individual who said they're out of their workplace now, but they said they look back on it with a certain degree of regret because they realized that they could have been building into future leaders and people, even in the workplace, and how now you can see the opportunity to continue doing that because you never retire from the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And I do think just being encouraged to make the most of whatever the opportunity is you have in front of you is is pleasing to the Lord, but also it's so rewarding to us. Yes. You know, when you mm -hmm. get to see that, mm -hmm. it fills you up. And these are life lasting relationships. You know, these are, you're building up these treasures in heaven. I mean, this is something that will last for eternity and, and you never know um, how God will use these people in the future that you're apprenticing. Right. It's I think when you look forward to that, like, sorry, Phil, but when you look yeah. forward to that, I just also love the fact that you hearing, um, just as a participant in a ministry, you hearing that there was a need for more leaders made some kind of an impact on you. And I do think that maybe sometimes the ministry leaders need to be a little more honest and clear with our participants because if the kingdom of God is to grow and we are to continue to disciple and build relationships and have community and fellowship, our small groups for the most part are not that small for the, for the most part, you know, a small group is kind of nice at about eight people, 10 people, they get to be 16, 18, 20 people. The experience is still better than nothing, but it's a different kind of experience. I would say with what we already have functioning in Wheaton Bible Church, in most of our ministries, there is a need for more leaders so that people can have a different experience 
a richer experience, but also so that there's room in a group for us to be bringing a neighbor or a friend or a coworker. If the group's already huge, how do we invite somebody? Yeah. You know, anyway. I think the other piece of this is remembering that whenever, if you go back to the gospels and you see what Jesus is doing with disciples, the disciples were apprentices. That's what they were. And he was preparing them for something else. And if you, uh, I was uh, studying in uh, the book of Acts and remembering, I mean, we're recording this during Holy Week and remembering that, um, you know, Peter ends up walking with Jesus and then he denies him. And for some reason, Jesus chose somebody that was so raw that he knew would end up denying him at some point. And then, you know, Jesus dies. He, uh, the tomb becomes empty. Jesus returns to heaven. And in Acts uh, 2 and in Acts 3, you end up seeing the person that denied Jesus is the one that is now preaching about Jesus. And he is raising up leaders so that the three of us could actually be having this conversation today because there were leaders that were going to build up other leaders for the church. Um, and, and you see this taking place in the beginning of, of Acts and, and remembering that Jesus didn't choose the scholars. He actually chose those that were raw and available. And, uh, and I just think that's so important for us to remember uh, during this time. I agree. And I think that's a great place for us to just say again to our very, very, very wonderful leaders, if this isn't the right time for you, we understand it and have no desire to put additional pressure on you. If you've looked around, Leslie gets on here and we've invited her here. Leslie, I love your honesty just to say I've asked and it's not a good time. What else can you do? It's in the Lord's hands, but we just want to say it may or may not be the right time, but then keep checking in and see when time and circumstances change, you know, and that kind of leads me to this thought of um, kind of wrapping it up a little bit is what's next. So what, what's the next step for all of us? Um, And I think Phil and I were talking a little earlier that, Is there a light at the end of the tunnel regarding a pandemic and COVID? Can we maybe expect some changes in the way group life happens? I hope so. Maybe sometime sooner rather than later. But I can almost guarantee you that the weather is going to turn here sometime soon. And I think a lot of people are going to be more willing to meet on a patio or a deck as the weather changes and experience some in-person opportunities and just look forward to ways that you can be connecting with people, maybe a little differently in the opportunities that we do have. Yeah. So Leslie, what would you say um, if you could tell one person, like what is the next step that they should maybe take 
um, as they're considering uh, whether or not to ask somebody to be an apprentice or maybe consider they've been asked and they're considering to be a leader, what would you tell them maybe the next step that they should think about? Because you've been there. Yeah, I, I think the most important step is actually taking time to invite them have that conversation. I, I'm, I'm going to guess that most people have done a lot of observing and already have someone in mind. And if you do have someone in mind, just don't put it off. Go ahead and, and set up that time to invite them give them that positive feedback of what you're observing about them, encourage them, see how you envision God using them and invite them. That's so great. So I think, you know, Kelly, one of the things I was uh, thinking through and you and I were talking about is this is a great time uh, maybe for our leaders to consider what can they be looking to that next step in the month of April? What could they be doing? Um, and that could be, hey, spring's here, maybe consider going for a walk with someone and, uh, and having that one-on-one time outside. Um, it could be having coffee with somebody on a back patio um, or have the coffee on the walk. Um, but then also just remembering that um, the most powerful thing that we as leaders can do is pray. And to be praying, not for our, not just for our own leadership, but be praying for how can we invest in a future leader and, and who is that leader going to be? And that could be in our ministries. It could be in the workplace. Like maybe there's somebody at your job right now that um, needs to be invited in to kind of help them along in their career. And you're praying about it. And this is going to be part of their spiritual journey. And so I would just encourage all of you leaders out there to just open your eyes to what if, what if you were to pray, to walk with someone, to invite someone uh, into this. Right. And I don't think that there's a better um, motivation. While we're recording this, we are two days away from Good Friday celebration and Remembering that Jesus came once and he has promised to come again, and we are waiting for him, but we're not supposed to be waiting um, with nothing to do. We are sent. Our church says it every Sunday, practically, you're sent. But the truth is, as Jesus said, just as the Father sent me, I am sending you. So then the question is, for each of us as individuals, where, where is Jesus sending us? Where has he sent us? Oh. What is he sending us to do? Mm-hmm. And I think that that is really important for me in this Holy Week celebration because it turns my eyes to heaven. It turns mm-hmm. my eyes towards the end game, so to speak. And... I don't want, I don't want anybody to be left out. And if there's a part we can play in increasing God's kingdom here by helping a person experience more of the fullness of God in them by developing their leadership, why would we not want to do that? But let's even think 
bigger. What if we are helping people experience that, but the, for the purpose of them being sent and the people that they will reach and help grow in their faith and come to know the Lord, and we played a tiny little part in that, think about what it can look like someday when Jesus does come again and he says, well done. Well done. I just think we got to keep in mind the bigger purpose and for this to not feel like a program that Wheaton Bible Church or the pastors of Wheaton Bible Church keep shoving down our throats. It is so not that. It is merely a tool to be able to reach the people that Jesus went to the cross for. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, Preach it. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise it feels like a burden. And then who wants yeah. to do all the sacrifice and squeeze yeah. it in? Cause it does take a little extra time. Yeah. But like Leslie has shared, it can be easier rather than cumbersome. It's, it's a privilege. It really is a privilege. Yeah. Well, you do. I've told you this privately, Leslie, I will say it on the podcast. You actually do make it look easy. So I happen to know that you are a very generous woman. And I think that if anybody wanted to reach out um, and say that they would like to ask you questions, I bet you would be willing to do that, wouldn't you? I would love to. I would definitely be happy to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Thanks, Leslie. Yeah, that's what I've got. So I think April, I think we have some opportunities to just identify what's next for us. That's right. Well, thanks, Leslie, and thanks, everybody, for joining us on Leadership Matters. Don't ever forget that your leadership matters, not just for now, but for all eternity. So thanks for what you are doing, and we will uh, talk to you again soon uh, on a next episode of Leadership Matters. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.